Hey everyone, hope you're well. Thank you for tuning into the podcast this week. I am busy, busy getting people in for interviews on the show. I've actually got three lined up this week. Uh, we're going to have Harvey Tatsu Jones, who's going to talk about um, his South American record label and how to uh, produce ethical products. Uh, we're going to have Justin Poulter in, who is a world-class illustrator. And we've also got Harry Fricker, who is a friend of mine, a designer, who lives out in Canada, and he's uh, he travels all around the world with his work. And we're going to speak to him about how to uh, travel and work at the same time. But in the meantime, until I get those interviews recorded and uploaded, I've pulled another segment from the audiobook, and uh, this one is all about assets and how to leverage them in order to free up your time. And uh, I really think it's a value to people to understand this stuff and um, yeah if you're not uh, interested in assets or understand what they are already I really highly encourage you to listen to this segment because it could uh, change things forever for you so without further ado enjoy the show and thanks for tuning in bye for now chapter three the aim of the game as mentioned in the previous chapter there are a number of fundamental needs wants desires dreams however you want to put it, that each of us strive to fulfil in life. These fundamental needs can be expressed in countless ways. For some people, they may seek significance as their core ambition, more so than love, for example, or maybe growth and contribution. Some people may just enjoy making lots of money or living a life of complete freedom, as in my case. But in all these cases, the question remains, how do we actually get there? We all have thoughts of leaving our jobs and pushing towards our dreams. But for the overwhelming majority, this can't be done. You have bills to pay, rent to cover, mouths to feed, including your own. Very often, even if we have the best intentions and try to work towards our passions, we're unable to sustain ourselves long enough to make significant progress. Most of the things we desire in life require time. This might be time with the kids, or to travel, or maybe the years required to set up and establish a successful business to learn something new, or to turn a hobby into a profession. In all of these scenarios, the way we give ourselves the time to pursue these activities is by swapping a portion of our time for money. The problem with this is that the time we give up is often a very significant chunk of our life. Let's say you get up at 7am, you get ready and eat breakfast, you leave home at 8 and get to work by 9, then you leave work at 5, travel home till 6, and eat dinner by which time it's 7pm, leaving just four hours to yourself before you go to bed and do it all again the next day. If this was your typical working day, for many people it's more than this, then you will have given up 75% of your waking life to other people, and you'll have only four hours a day, assuming you use every second, to do the things that really fulfil you in life. When I put it like this, most people can see why they're unable to make the progress they desire because even if they make good money, there's not enough time in a day in which to use that money effectively in pursuing our desires. The bottom line here is that too many people believe that if they can just save enough, it will give them enough runway to make the leaps they want to make in life. Sometimes this does work out for people, but more often than not, it doesn't. By earning more and more, we become increasingly dependent on our monthly paycheck, our lifestyles inflate to match our salary, and the money doesn't go nearly as far as we'd once hoped it would. This, I'm sure, sounds like a familiar story for many people, but there is a way to avoid it. 
In my opinion, the most important financial figure you'll ever need to know is your minimum monthly outgoings, i.e. how much does it cost to put a roof over your head and to feed yourself every month. If you're responsible for other people, obviously you'll have to factor in their cost into this figure as well. For me, at the time of writing this, I estimate that my monthly living cost to be somewhere around £1,000 per month, £700 a month in rent and £10 a day to feed myself. This wouldn't be a lavish existence, I couldn't go anywhere or do anything, but if I really had to, this is the minimum amount of money I would need to sustain myself in London. This figure is important because we need to flip the equation, from time for money, to money for time. If we're able to meet our monthly living costs in the quickest time possible, then we have the remaining time to ourselves. If we're successful in flipping the 75% of time we give to work to ourselves instead, and instead spend only 25% of our time reaching our monthly living cost, then we have all that time to do as we please. As I've already mentioned, if you do reach your monthly outgoings, then you don't live a particularly decent existence. But the point is that now you have an additional 10 hours a day in which to do things that not only fulfil you, but that also as a byproduct create more money as well. In my case, for example, I may do some more design work, but without the pressure of a client to appease. I could be more choosy about the projects I work on and command a higher rate as a result, or I could create work that I said online, negating the need for a client altogether. Now I'm hoping many people by this point agree that it would be great to take back control of our time, but I've yet to answer how do we actually do it. Well the unfortunate news is that it doesn't happen overnight, but knowing that the reward is freedom, this should hopefully be enough to keep you motivated. It certainly is for me. Chapter 3. Assets and Surpassing Your MMO Learning about assets has changed my life forever. It's the information that I wish someone had taught me growing up. Once you understand what constitutes an asset, you'll be able to see why some people go on to be incredibly rich and why others never get off the hamster wheel. There are many types of asset in life, some, like financial assets, I don't feel rightly qualified to talk about. But what I am going to talk about are the assets anyone can implement and it requires no prerequisite knowledge. So what is an asset? Assets are defined as things that have value, but more specifically, I want to concentrate on the assets that you personally can create. The reason why assets are so valuable is twofold. Firstly, once created or bought, assets have the potential to generate revenue without your active participation. This means that the more assets you can accumulate, the less reliant you become on your monthly paycheck to live giving you more time to allocate where you want. Secondly, assets are great because even those that don't have the potential to generate revenue, they still create disproportionate amounts of leverage for the amount of time it takes to create them, which over time provides additional opportunities and increases your earning potential. Along with personal development and the correct application of compound interest with your finances, asset generating and collecting is without doubt the most effective use of time to work towards a life of financial freedom. While you may start off slow and see other people who are working the ladder making more money than you at first, there will come a time if you continue to generate more high-value assets and build more momentum that you'll begin to see high levels of year-on-year growth and your financial stability will be guaranteed. Obviously, this won't happen overnight. It can take several years and will require a small level of upkeep but certainly far less than the 75% of your life 
most of us dedicate to work now. To help you better understand what assets are, I've outlined what I consider the five levels of asset generation. On the first tier is assets you create that can only be sold once. For example, let's say I create a beautiful logo for a client. Once it's complete, I can't make money from it again, but I can now approach other clients and show them my portfolio as a justification for why they should employ me to do other work for them. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, you should be able to work out how you can package your work, even if it's just short case studies or a book of testimonials, so that you can use it to get more work in the future. The second tier of assets are assets that once created can be used multiple times to create revenue, but that still require your active involvement. Let's say I write a 10 minute talk that can be presented at universities. I can use that talk multiple times to generate revenue, but it does require that I be there to deliver the presentation. Tier 3 assets are things that once created work for you, but they don't earn you any revenue by themselves. They provide value in other ways by credibility building or building awareness of you and your offering, which may result in a sale long term on another product, but it doesn't directly come from the asset itself. An example of this might be a series of free videos you put online or a recording of a talk you once gave. Tier 4 assets are smaller things that once created can be used multiple times to generate revenue without your active involvement. This audiobook is a perfect example of a Tier 4 asset. It's taken me a few hours a day for three weeks to write the content, but now that it's done, I can continue to refer people to it and it makes me revenue while I sleep. Tier 5 assets are similar to Tier 4 assets, except that they require much more effort to create. They are often bigger projects that involve new ideas that when packaged can make money for other people as well as yourself. This could be a franchise business model or a product idea or the intellectual property on an expansive piece of work. Let's take Star Wars for example. George Lucas, the creator, owns all the intellectual property on everything Star Wars related, from the character names and the sounds to the places and products in the Star Wars world. This means that when people want to buy the action figure or the toy gun, he doesn't actually create them himself. He simply licenses out his intellectual property to toy manufacturers and they have to pay George a fee. Obviously, when I drop Star Wars as an example, I don't want you to be put off because you can't see yourself writing a masterpiece of cinema overnight. The point is, you may concentrate on tiers 1 to 4 for the first few years, but after reaching your minimum monthly outgoings, you can dedicate more time to completing higher level projects. There are two additional suggestions I would encourage you to consider when creating assets. Firstly is to play to the senses. After years of working in the creative industries, I've come to appreciate what I like to call the triple threat, sight, sound and touch. Wherever possible, you want to create assets that tantalise these senses. This might include a written portion that you then record or video, and ideally you'd create a way for people to touch, i.e. experience your output. This might be a talk or a face-to-face meetup, for example. Soon enough, however, with emerging technology, we'll be able to create three-dimensional immersive experiences, so always consider how you might adapt your message to appear in various formats. Secondly, I'd remind everyone that we're currently going through an information revolution. Everything you could possibly want to know is written and rewritten a million times online, including much of the subject matter of this audiobook. The thing that will separate winners and the losers in the coming generations will be those that don't just talk about doing, 
who actually take action. There are plenty of poor academics in the world, and many more will follow, because the world no longer values retained knowledge. When there's no information you can't access with just a few clicks, the emphasis goes from an information economy to an action economy, and those that are good at making things happen will prosper. The reason this information is so valuable is because you can use it to work on projects that over time, when combined with audience building, can accumulate into a consistent revenue stream that doesn't suck up all your time. This not only allows you to escape the rat race, but it also gives you huge levels of credibility that can be leveraged to make any activities you do partake in incredibly profitable. Chapter 3. Making your first asset. There are countless ways you can create assets. One of the fundamental characteristics of an asset is that they can be used repeatedly and hence save you time, which I'm sure I've hit home by now is our most valuable asset of all. The simplest form of an asset that I can think of is an email template. Say you have to send out multiple emails or you get asked the same questions several times a month. If you write a response to each of those questions and then place them online, you can now save time by referring people to your pre-written responses. While this doesn't sound particularly groundbreaking on its own, when you start doing this for several areas of your life and then use the time you've saved to work towards other money-generating assets, then you're well on your way to becoming financially free. While I typically encourage people to work on the higher tier assets for the most part, there are circumstances when lower level assets can be more valuable to you and you'll need to make a call on an individual basis. Let's say, for example, I'm a dancer and I could put out a video online of me teaching people how to do a plie. That would most likely be a non-money generating tier 3 asset versus, say, being in a West End show, which you only get paid for once, which is a tier 1 asset. The difference in this circumstance is that the tier 1 asset is a huge credibility builder and would therefore add additional weight to any subsequent activities. If, however, you've already been in the West End for 10 years, then an additional West End show can't possibly add more credibility, so maybe doing a series of instructional videos would actually provide more value to your audience, who, because of the credibility you've created, may even pay you for them. As you can see, there's no one-size-fits-all for everyone, but ultimately it comes down to what is the best time-to-reward ratio that will give you the most leverage to seek higher-level opportunities, increasing your earning potential, and ultimately surpassing your expenses, so that you can live a life on your own terms.